Welcome to Treasures from the Bible. Today, Mrs. Matthews, Esther, Sarah, and I plan a visit to the New Garden Pottery Store, where we will make our own centerpiece for the Thanksgiving meal. Today's Bible lesson is about the great image in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Oh no, Jonah, the pumpkin pie is for dessert, sweetie. We'll eat it tonight at Mr. and Mrs. Gunther's house, okay? Can I help you with the centerpiece for the Thanksgiving meal? Sure, honey. We're going to make a turkey out of clay. We'll glaze it and then Daddy will pick it up for us just in time for Thanksgiving dinner. Hello? Is anyone here? I've come to pick up the turkey centerpiece uh, for Aline Matthews. Hold on a second, please. Wow, that thing is shiny. Look at all the pretty colors. I hope you like it. It has no cracks that I can see. Somebody broke your turkey centerpiece, Mrs. Matthews. Oh, no. It's shattered everywhere. I saw Jonah near it. I think you broke it, Sarah. Jacob, you probably broke it because you were sweeping. Did anybody see what happened? No, Mr. Gunther. We were playing hide-and-go-seek outside. Probably Caesar and the neighbor dog, Chloe, did it. We've got to keep the doors closed so Chloe doesn't come into the house. What happened, Esther? <laughs> He's been chasing me and I feel down. Caesar, buddy. It's not going to help to bite Chloe's tail. Maybe you better go home, Chloe. Mm-mm, that pumpkin pie sure was the best in the West. Ohio is closer to the East Coast. You know, Jacob, you're right. But best rhymes with West. On a serious note, I have a Bible question, Mr. Gunther. Sure, Billy Bob. What's your question? I have a question about Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar and the statue of gold, silver, iron, and clay. What does all that mean? Well, let's get acquainted with this passage. Maria, can you read Daniel 2, 31 to 33, please? Sure. Daniel 2, 31 through 33. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. To answer your question, Tiny, the statue represents the kingdom of Satan. The head of gold represents Satan himself, who is typified by the king of Babylon. And the feet of clay and iron are really the foundation of Satan's kingdom. And the clay has no strength at all, and so it also identifies with mankind. 
Iron is a material that typifies Satan's attempt to have some strength. Well, what, what's this stone doing in verse 34? Nehemiah, would you like to read this passage? All right. Daniel 2:34. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. The image was smashed just like that Turkish centerpiece. Mama, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Matthews. And the stone that you were asking about, which is cut out of the mountain without human hands, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he smashes Satan's kingdom into pieces. This is also repeated in verse 45. Sarah, can you take that, please? Yes, Daniel 2.45. For as much as thou sawest, the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God hath made known to the king which shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Because Christ is the victor, that final smashing will be literally happening on the day of judgment from May 21st to October 21st, 2011, or 153 days, when all those who are in the kingdom of Satan and are still alive will enter into the day of judgment. On the other hand, all the true believers will be caught up to be with Christ forevermore. Grandpa, are you saying that Satan's kingdom will be finished at the end of five months? Yes, Sarah. Satan's kingdom, along with this entire universe, will be utterly consumed on October 21st, 2011. I know another place where Jesus is called stone. It's in Luke 20:17. Would you like to read that, Esther? Sure. Luke 20:17. And he beheld them and said, "What is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. That's interesting. Verse 18 says, Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Yes, it is. And in verse 19 it states, And the chief priests and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him, and they feared the people, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. You know, this has to do with the parable of the husbandmen or laborers who were given the job of caring for the vineyard. Then the time came for the owner of the vineyard to receive the fruit of the vineyard. So he sends out three of his servants at different times to collect the fruit, but instead the laborers hurt and badly mistreated each of the servants. Finally, the owner sends his own son, and they end up killing him, hoping to steal the vineyard for themselves. What's all that mean, Mr. Gunther? Well, Billy Bob, in a nutshell, 
the vineyard had to do with the kingdom of God on earth. And God, who is the owner of the vineyard, is faulting in particular the religious leaders of national Israel, who are the laborers, for despising and rejecting God's prophets, who are the three servants. The Son is the Lord Jesus Christ, who they would eventually kill as well. Spiritually, God is saying that he would destroy the religious leaders and finish using national Israel and instead begin the New Testament church age. But Grandpa, didn't God also stop using the New Testament churches in 1988? Oh, how right you are, Jacob. God stopped using national Israel in 33 AD. So it should be no surprise that he would eventually forsake the churches of our day as well. Every single church? God is actually using Satan to rule in every single church and denomination worldwide, without exception, which is what he wished for back in Isaiah 14, 13 through 15. Would you like to read that, Billy Bob? Why not? Isaiah 14, 13 to 15. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Is that why God refers to the leaders in the churches today as false apostles? deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ? Now, where does it say that? In 2 Corinthians 2, 11-13, Billy Bob. Would you like to read that, Nehemiah? Sure, Mr. Gunther. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. We see the fulfillment of Isaiah fourteen thirteen through 15, in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3-4. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And the man of sin, or Satan, be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That is a terrible thing to think about, Mr. Gunther, because it means that all the pastors in the churches are really serving Satan. They and the rest of the people in the churches are worshiping him while they think they are worshiping Christ. That's right, Billy Bob. It is one of the saddest things imaginable. The very institution that God has raised up, 
he has destroyed. And we must keep in mind why God took such drastic action. Whenever any creed or church or person or institution becomes more important than God's word or seeks to undermine his glory, God will not stand for it. Nothing is more important than God's word, as he states in Isaiah 42, 8. Sarah, can you read this very important verse for all the boys and girls listening at home? Okay, Grandpa. Isaiah 42, 8. I am Jehovah. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. So let me try to get this right. That image in Nebuchadnezzar's dream represents Satan's kingdom, which in these days includes the churches. Right, Billy Bob. And God has set a limit on tolerating this false idol worship. And that's why the churches are being prepared to enter the Day of Judgment, which means that anybody who's a member of a church on the last day, May 21st, 2011, will not be raptured. Esther, what a beautiful coloring page of a turkey. I hope you and Sarah didn't cut yourselves with those pottery pieces from Mrs. Matthew's turkey centerpiece. I picked them all up when the centerpiece broke. It fell when Jonah tried to open the pumpkin pie box. Well, I'm just thankful nobody got hurt. After all, it's Happy Thanksgiving Day, and we can be thankful for all that God has shown us in His Word, the Bible. It looks like we've come to the end of another program. We hope you enjoyed it. For a free copy of today's program, please write to Treasures from the Bible in care of Family Radio, Oakland, California, 94621, USA. Today's program is titled Feet of Clay. May God richly bless you and your family with His salvation. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next week when we'll learn something new from the Bible. Happy Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Bye-bye.